Hi, Sunshine. I'm Natasha, your host for the Shine Online podcast and the founder of Soul Studio. In this conversational podcast, I interview the brightest entrepreneurs I know with the goal of empowering you to do business in a way that feels real to you. These conversations will bring you no fluff advice, honest discussions, and actionable strategies to help you shine online. There are so many bright brands in the online world, but there's always room for one more. Let's shine together. Before we dive into today's episode, I wanted to share the review of the month. This review is from Kimberly. This podcast brings me so much joy. I love how Natasha is always being herself and she talks about topics that people usually shy away from. She goes beyond the surface and her guests do too. Really loved the episode with Natty where they both shared what being an entrepreneur is really like behind all the hype and how to practically keep yourself focused and still enjoy your business. I think this is a podcast I'll be listening to for years to come. Thanks, Natasha. Thank you so much for this review. This review literally made my entire day and I know it made Natty's as well. Thank you so much for sharing all these amazing takeaways because this is really why we make the show. We make it for you. So if you have the time, I would love to hear from you in the review. And thank you again, Kimberly, for being a loyal listener. And hopefully for years to come, I will keep delivering awesome podcast episodes for you. So let's get right into today's. I'm so excited to invite Michelle onto the podcast today. I always get questions about legal stuff, contracts, trademarks, and I have no clue. So I brought on an expert that really knows everything about it. So thank you for joining me for this episode today. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. So I would love for you to kind of give everyone kind of a brief on your background, who you are, a little bit about your firm before we dive into all of the legal questions I have for you. Sure. So my name is Michelle Murphy, and I'm the owner of Wilson Murphy Law. I work with creative entrepreneurs and small businesses to make sure that their brand and their business is protected. And I use trademark registration and drafting contracts to be sure that everything is airtight, legally bound, bulletproof, all that stuff. I am Florida-based. I'm a Florida Bard attorney, but The good thing with trademarks is that you can be anywhere as long as you're seeking a U.S.-based trademark. It doesn't matter where you live. Awesome. And I think you touched on a lot of great things as you really help business owners protect themselves because I think when you go and you start a business, you you know open your LLC or sole proprietorship or whatever it is, I mean, the biggest thing that you think of is the financial part and then the legal part. So what is kind of the biggest legal mistakes that you often see business owners make when they are starting out their businesses? Number one is they are choosing business names that have already been taken, registered trademarks. And then they come to me and they're like, I want to register my trademark. Like I'm finally ready. And then I have to come back and tell them, okay, well, the bad news is that's already taken. So you got to do the research before moving forward with the business because now everything is taken and we have to rebrand because now you're infringing on someone else's trademark. 
Mm, yeah, that's definitely a really big mistake. And I think just starting out, like, let's go through what is the difference between like a copyright and a trademark? Because I think a lot of people, myself included, might not know the difference and how that can look for their own businesses when they're kind of doing that backend research. Sure. So a trademark is how a consumer is seeing your business. It's a source identifier. So basically, when you go into a store, let's use toilet paper, <laughs> and you're picking up, you know, you use a certain type of toilet paper, you're looking for the name or the logo or whatever you identify this toilet paper brand as to grab the one that, you know, is the quality that you prefer. So that's basically what a trademark is. It's how a consumer sees your business, your forward-facing business. Then the copyright is basically all the creative stuff that goes into what you're making. So it could be, you know, your blog posts, you can copyright that. It's books, ebooks, courses, all the stuff inside your course, pictures, music, all of that, you would file your copyrights for that. Mm, that's that's a really good example. Toilet paper, who knew? <laughs> but I think a lot of the people that, you know, are listening to the show are maybe thinking like, well, I'm such a small business. Like, do I even need a trademark or a copyright? And when do I know if I need that for my business? When's the right time? Could you kind of walk us through that process? Sure. So with copyrights, I think that Unless you're writing some big book, like, you know, publishing a book or, you know, if your online course is a big online course or even if it's not that big, but it's, you know, it's making you a lot of money. I definitely think that you should go ahead and start the copyright process. It does take about a year for copywriting, okay. your copyright application. So it really just depends on what is important to you yeah. as far as copywriting. If you don't want anybody stealing the stuff inside of your course, go ahead and copyright that content. Um, it's a $35 application fee. Honestly, I feel like people can do it themselves. Don't quote me as an <laughs> attorney. But it's, <laughs> to me, it's not as legally challenging yeah. as trademarks. So trademarks, personally, if you love a name, go ahead and file the trademark for it. Like I said, I've seen it too many times where people are like, well, I they, I chose this name because it's my grandma's something, 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 and I just cannot part with this name. Like, I love this name. If that's the case, then go ahead and file the trademark for it. Even if you're not selling something quite yet, you can hold the name. You can do that. It's an intent to use trademark application and you're able to hold the name until you're, you know, get on your feet and start launching everything. And if your business is starting to make more money, it's starting to, be, to become more visible, then yes, it's definitely time to start registering your trademark. And the thing is, a lot of big businesses are stealing from smaller ones. So it might be smart to go ahead and implement those trademarks now. Because if you do find like a bigger business stealing from you, you'll have the trademark rights to go after them. Yeah, absolutely. And that kind of makes sense with the copyright. Cause like, I guess how I saw it, like, so for my courses, for example, like I teach Instagram strategies that I use for my clients and, and from my own knowledge and research and experience. But like, if I was teaching like a signature method, then that would be maybe be something I'd copyright. But since it's kind of just like stuff that I've just learned that it's maybe something that wouldn't be worth copywriting. Is that kind of what you're saying with the copyright side? 
it really truly depends. Yeah. I think for you, even if you have put together this body of work, then of course you should protect it. It doesn't matter if you, if it's stuff that's already out there or not. I mean, you've put it together in your own way. You know what I mean? Totally. Yeah, no, that that makes a lot of sense. And I know I saw I think it was a TikTok actually that you made where you're kind of saying that you don't just have to trademark a name of your business. So like, what are some other things that you could trademark? And do you recommend like, trademarking all of them? Like, can you do those all at the same time? Like kind of how does that look? So yeah, so you can trademark course names, Um, you can trademark hashtags, your website domain, the domain name is there's some tricky things that go with that. So um, it's not just a free for all. <laughs> you can trademark colors, smells, sounds like the NGM, the Roaring Tigers. Yeah. That's a trademark sound. I think those are all like the kind of weirder ones, yeah. weirder things that you can trademark. Oh, that's really interesting. So what does the process look like? Because I feel like it's something I've definitely been considering as Soul Studio and my brand in general has been growing. But I guess you just like, there's just so many, you know, thoughts of why not to pursue it. Like, is it going to be really expensive? Is it going to take a ton of time? Like, what does the process even really look like for someone that's interested in doing that? So it starts off with a trademark search. Different attorneys do different types of searches. Some do a basic search, which is just going on to the United States Patent and Trademark Office and looking up through public record, you know, the different trademark names that are out there. Then there's other ones that do comprehensive trademark searches. And those trademark searches pretty much data mine all the names and domain names and LLCs, corporations, social media, like all that type of stuff. Anything that's similar to yours, it'll bring it up to the surface so that I can go over and analyze and make sure that there's nobody else out there that even has like names that are similar to yours. Mm. I pretty much tell you like what the risk is. You're like, hey, you might, we might need to change some things. And so that's pretty much how the trademark search goes. And then you'll go on to file your application. And after you file your application, you, t- you have to sit around for about three months for a trademark examiner to actually pick up the application, look over it, make sure there's no issues. If there are some type of issues, they're going to send you a letter saying you need to fix these issues before we can push it on to the other stages. But once you know everything is good to go, they'll publish your trademark so that all the federally registered trademark owners can take a look to make sure that they don't feel like it's similar to their trademark. Mm. If they do, they can oppose your trademark at that time. But if nobody opposes it within those 30 days, then it goes on to being registered and you get your trademark certificate. And that's the basics of it. Wow. Okay. So it's like not that lengthy of a process, but there are like a few steps, which I feel like when I'm considering do it, like I would definitely hire someone like you, but do you think that's something that people should consider DIYing or like, is it best to hire an attorney to help you through that process? So it's about nine to 12 months. So it is a little lengthy. Mm. I gave you like the short bit. Without a, <laughs> it sounded short. Line. I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> about nine to 12 months, which is why I always tell people a year from now, you have no idea where you're going to be. A year from now, I had no idea where I was going to be. And I have grown so much that I yeah. I did not even see it coming. And especially now, people go viral every single day. Yeah. No and so it's a long process. But I also think that you should hire somebody. Yeah. There are so many legal issues that come along with 
filing your trademark. I get emails almost, I would say weekly, on a weekly basis, someone filed a trademark themselves and then they got a rejection letter. And now they're like, what should I do? Mm -hmm. And have they come to an attorney first, I probably would have told them, yeah, there's another trademark already out there that's exactly like yours. Maybe you shouldn't pursue this. Totally. Yeah. Because it's like, if you're going to invest the time and energy into trademarking something, you want to be sure that you're investing in the resources and the people to make sure that it actually happens and that you don't run into those bumps in the road, essentially. Absolutely. Even like investing is scary. Mm -hmm. Because you have no idea like what the outcome is, are you going to get a return on the investment at the end of the day? Because that's all that pretty much matters. Yeah. But I think that if you do something, you got to do it right. Even like I, I've been trying to like play around with Pinterest, right? And I've I've come to the point where I'm like, I can't do it myself. Totally. You know what? Let me <laughs> let yep. me hire this out to somebody because <laughs> I don't get it. I've spent too much time, wasted time, and by this point, I probably could have had so many more like Pinterest followers, and my content would have been out there if I just would have hired somebody in the first place. Yeah, I I completely agree with that. I think there's some things that you can bootstrap, that you can figure out, that you can learn a new skill set with. But there's some things that, yeah, you it's really best outsourcing, especially when it comes to legal things. I think you just always want to be sure that your business is being protected. I kind of want to touch on, you said that your business has grown so much in the last year. Do you kind of want to walk us through that journey? Like, let's go kind of shift to the business side, but like, what kind of has your journey looked like building your firm and kind of where do you want it to go? And even the next year from now? Okay. So my story is so weird. I'm here for (laughs) it. I have my tea. (laughs) So prior to my law firm, I was working at the Department of Justice doing something totally unrelated to trademarks. I was working with 9-11 victims, making sure that they're getting money because a lot of firefighters and residents of the area and the cops are still sick. They all have like cancer issues, respiratory issues, all that stuff is still happening now. So that's what I was doing. And then I decided to leave the Department of Justice And I always knew I wanted to open up a law firm or open up a business. I just had no idea what. Trademarks never just really came to my mind. It was always like litigation type things. Like that's what you think of when you think of an attorney. And I had experience doing consumer protection type stuff. So people getting sued by credit card companies. So I was like, okay, well, I have experience doing that. I might as well, you know, go into that. But it wasn't something that I really wanted to do. So... One night I had a dream about a YouTuber and she had legal troubles, legal issues. I was like, well, why don't you just talk to an attorney about this? She's like, well, I don't think they have attorneys for like what I do. And like, this is at two o'clock in the morning. I sit straight up and I'm like, can I do this? (laughs) Is this something I can do? (laughs) So I start Googling at 3 a.m. in the morning. Wow. Um, And this is a month before I was set to open up. I had already established like the consumer protection, like law firm. I had already opened the LLC for it and all that stuff. And so then I start, you know, looking on Google and seeing if there's other attorneys out there that, you know, do something similar to this. And there were other attorneys out there. And I was like, okay, well, this is a thing. So I want to do it too. So I ended up changing everything a month before my launch, a month before opening. And I kind of just threw myself into that. Now, I will say, because I wasn't allowed to have a law firm while I was working at the DOJ, I had to start from scratch. 
I wasn't able to build my audience like I wanted to. Mm. And, you know, think, looking back, I could have skirted around it. I know I could have, but I didn't. <laughs> you know, at that time, I wasn't into the marketing stuff. I had no idea what any of this was. I had to build up my, you know, no, no like and trust with everybody. Mm-hmm. People had no idea who I was. They didn't know if they could trust me. So I'm building my brand, getting people to like, you know, know who I am. And this took about, I would say a year for me to truly like get off my feet. Like this year, cause I opened up last year, January, 2019, mm. January, 2020 was when things just like kind of skyrocketed out of nowhere. And so, yes, it takes time. I mean, yeah. I pretty much made no money last year. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> I made no money and I was trying everything to get things off the ground, but yeah. it, honestly, it just needed time. Like, totally. There was nothing else I could do, but just have patience. Mm-hmm. I could have hired all the Facebook ads people in the world and the coaches and everything else, but it still is not going to substitute for the time that you have to take to build up your brand. Yep. I could not agree more. I'm so glad I like learned something new about you. That is such an interesting story. But I totally believe in everything you said is I feel like when it comes to building your brand, getting clients, making money, you know, getting followers, like people get really impatient. And patience is so necessary when growing anything. Like if you think of a plant, a baby, whatever it is, like you really have to have patience and it comes with time. So I love how just even seeing in a year for your own journey that that's really when, you know, all the hard work that you're putting in, you were just consistent with it. And you were really like, this is what I'm meant to be doing. The dream told me, so this is what we're doing. (laughs) And you just stuck with it essentially. So I really love that. And the other thing is um, something that I know that you know is so important. The number of followers you have does not mean that you can't make five-figure months. Oh, yeah. What your goal is for your income. Because that's what I was so focused on in the beginning. I was like, I know I got to have 10K followers. I got to have 10K followers to make the money that I want. That's just not true. I have what I have 2,500 followers on Instagram. It's not like a massive following, but I make a consistent income off of my business. Yeah, I agree with that so much as I just feel like the follower count doesn't matter. And of course, there's perks to having over 10,000 followers. And, you know, your business model can totally change when you have a bigger audience and you can rely more on passive income and those different types of things. So I I do think there's a lot of benefits. But when you have a tight knit community that really trusts you and that DMs you for advice and engages with your stuff and that you've really taken the time to nurture that really can make you money, but you just have to be patient and just really authentic with it too. Because I feel like that's something that really stands out with your brand is I feel like with what you do, it can feel unaccessible to a lot of people. But I feel like what you do so well is you make it very accessible and not like it's this barrier to entry that no business owner can understand unless you pay me to understand. Like you're really passionate about educating. Do you have any tips for other people that might be in a field that isn't really accessible that may be hard to understand to just like the basic business owner or consumer? Like how do you make your brand so accessible to people? Honestly, I don't know. I just knew that I want, that's how I wanted to set yeah. things out from the beginning. Because honestly, in law school, I was like, <laughs> like, what are you guys talking about? <laughs> I don't understand. Please speak English to me. Yeah, And that's just how I want to put all the legal stuff out there. Like just speak 
English to me. So totally. now I understand. And I did have issues, even like I hired a marketer last year and I was like, I don't get what you're talking to me about. Yeah. Like I need you to take it to first grade so, so that I can truly understand what you're talking about. I truly think that everybody should have access to the law. And that is pretty much what a lawyer's job is, is for people to have access to the legal you know, stuff in the world. And it's a challenge. And I think that's why I enjoy it so much. It's a challenge to try to make it simple. And I think I enjoy just the process of like, how can I dumb this down a little bit? No, I think that is such a great tip. And that's something I see people struggling with often is people are like, I don't know what to post about, or I feel like I'm not an expert at something, or I don't have something to offer. But the most simple Instagram tip I share is always the one that gets the most replies back that it blew everybody's mind. And it's, it's always like that, like the simplest things. But I think if you really do like kind of dumb it down and think like if people knew absolutely nothing about the law or nothing about Instagram, where would you start? And you would be surprised at how much content and how much traction you can get just from simplifying things. Like just making yeah. it simple. Like it doesn't have to be revolutionary and the biggest, baddest tip out there. Like it can literally be like, you just need to protect yourself with a trademark and this is how to do it. (laughs) You know, there's one post that I post and I was like, whoa, it was go to your Instagram bio Mm -hmm. and add the TM if it's something that you want to protect. And I got so many shares off off that one post. I was like, oh, I thought this was kind of like something that everyone knew. Like if you want to protect it in the future, if you're claiming stake that this is your trademark, just add the little TM to it. Yeah, I love that. Just just a nice little quick, simple tip. I love that. But speaking of social media, let's talk about TikTok because I know you're on TikTok. I know you're a fan, but I'm kind of curious, like what made you hop on? Like what are your thoughts? Do you think you're going to get clients from it? Have you gotten clients from it? Like what was your thought process behind getting on TikTok? Okay, so I wanted to get on TikTok January of 2019. Okay. I think I was in a Facebook group and people were just listing all the different social media platforms that were out there that were, you know, aside from Facebook, Instagram, your usuals, LinkedIn, all that Mm -hmm. stuff. So I just started looking into the different ones and then I came across TikTok and I started just scrolling. You know the TikTok scroll. I just started scrolling. Oh yeah, it's a scroll. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I want to do this. Like I, this is fun. I didn't really start posting content until January of this year. Mm. That was in January. It was when I got started to get a little bit more consistent with it. Honestly, because I didn't know how to how to integrate my business on there. Being a lawyer, it was a lot of lip syncing and just dancing. And I was like, how can I take what these people are doing and put my own type of spin on it? And so I just creatively just started getting these different ideas. Obviously, I started following other business owners to see what they were doing, you know, what content they were putting out. I followed other lawyers. I followed a lot of the professionals because I was like, what are they putting out there that, you know, is getting them the traction, you know, that they're getting. And so I just started, you know, integrating my stuff. And it's so funny. Last week was when I posted something that I thought was just so simple and it blew up. on. TikTok. Of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> that is how it works. 
it's so funny. And so that one video got me 1,300 followers. Wow. Yeah. And then I got about 15 inquiries and I've gotten a few discovery calls off that what? just one video. On <gasps> it's insane. Oh my gosh. I'm waiting for my moment. I see it. I know it's, I know it's real. I'm just like waiting for my moment. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but I, I know. think that is incredible. And yeah, I think, um, you know, when you're listening to this episode, there is an episode up on TikTok with Michelle, who's kind of um, made that her niche and has been sharing on how she's really done it as a designer. So definitely go listen back to that episode. Because I think no matter what you do in your business, like you definitely can have fun with TikTok. It definitely challenges you to be creative. Like you'll be thinking of things where you're like, I didn't even know I could think to create this <laughs> right now. Exactly. I love TikTok and your TikTok is so fun to watch, but I kind of wanted just to end off this conversation by talking about the most recent pandemic, COVID-19, because even, you know, when we were talking before this episode, you were telling me that there can be a lot of legal aftermath related to coronavirus. And I had never even considered that, but it totally makes sense. So can you kind of walk us through like, what should we be expecting post pandemic legally? And how can as business owners, can we essentially protect ourselves? The big thing right now is pretty much all the events were canceled, right? Yep. You know, summits were canceled, weddings were canceled, everything has been canceled. I even had a speaking engagement that I was supposed to be doing canceled. And so, um, Hopefully, first of all, you had a contract between you and the summit or the business owner, wherever you were supposed to be speaking or doing your job. Hopefully you had a contract. And the biggest thing that is going to protect you in that contract is the force majeure clause. And that clause is basically a clause that says that I'm not going to be held liable because I couldn't perform the contract due to certain things that were out of my control. Mm-hmm. And right now, a big thing that a lot of lawyers are going back and forth about is, is this an act of God? Because that's one of, usually that's one of the um, things that's in the contract that says, like, if there's an act of God that happens, then you won't be held liable for not performing the contract. We don't know if this is going to be considered an act of God yet, because this is always going to have to go through litigation. And obviously Mm. litigation takes a long time, but the judges are going to have to kind of figure this out because this is something that is just so different so new something like this has just never happened before like on this grand of a level so you know from here on out please add a force majeure clause to your contract and make sure it it includes pandemics and epidemic yeah absolutely so that's one thing that we're gonna see like i'm obviously gonna be following it because i work a lot with contracts so we're just going to see how things pan out because, like I said, this is whole, a whole new territory that we just have not seen before. Mm-hmm. But there, even if you didn't have a force majeure clause in your contract, there are going to be some other defenses that you can use if you have to go to court. Hopefully you don't. Honestly, the number one thing that you need to be doing is just communicating with the other side. As long as there's some good communication and not – and don't be nasty. Like we all get what's going on and the court is going to, you do have to go to court. The courts are going to look at that balance of power. If you are being nasty and things like that, um, the court is going to be like, okay, well, we're going to take this into account. And now you may not be awarded what you thought you were going to be awarded. And it just gets messy. 
Uh, those are such good tips because I have um, that clause in my contract. And I know when I went to a, a contract clinic and she was explaining everything, I was like, if I hadn't understood it or really known that was a thing, you'd think, oh, well, I don't need that. Like, when would that even happen? Like, I just do social media management. But especially as a speaker or if you're hosting events or like photographers, I feel like that would be huge for. But really, any type of service provider, creative, like just making sure you're really protected. Um, You know, reach out to Michelle, reach out to your local attorney or firm. But it seems like stuff that you're like, it won't happen to me. I'm such a small business. Like when will crazy things like this happen? But I think if anything, coronavirus has shown like you have to protect yourself in all ways, different income streams and legally as well. Absolutely. But I've been impressed by the business owners that have like come out with different things. I've been thoroughly impressed. Yeah, I think it's definitely a time to take some inspiration on how people have just been so creative with bringing their businesses online and to doorsteps and just really being innovative. So it's been kind of an exciting time to see how small businesses have thrived in a lot of ways. Yeah, and it's and it's definitely bringing in, you know, different income that they probably wouldn't have seen before. Yeah. Absolutely. I think it'll be interesting to see like post pandemic, like just how, you know, legally things pan out, but also just like how businesses evolve, because I think things will never be the same as they were before, which I think might be for the better. I agree. Well, thank you so much for sharing your amazing knowledge. And I know I definitely learned something and I'm jotting down some ideas on what I want to trademark myself. Um, But if anyone wants to learn from you or tap into any resources you have, follow you on TikTok. (laughs) Where can they find all the links to connect? So I have, obviously, I have a website, www.wilsonmurphylaw.com. And then you can follow me on Instagram. It's at the trademark attorney underscore. And then on TikTok, it's just at the trademark attorney. Perfect. We will add those to the show notes. And thank you again, Michelle, for chatting with me. It was fun. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much to today's expert guest for joining us. If you want to connect with today's guests or check out any of the important links mentioned in the show, I've linked the details in today's show notes. Join the conversation at hashtag the shine online podcast. Be sure to subscribe and leave us a rating. If you love what you've heard today, we really appreciate it. And it helps for our show. Remember, regardless of where you're at in your entrepreneurship journey, there's always room for your biz to shine. I'll see you next time.